Hello, and welcome to this Single Scoop episode. I'm JR, and I'm joined by my co-host, Oldar. Howdy. Today we're going to be talking about the 2017 K-drama, Voice. As a fair warning, we're going to be talking about spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet and want to do so before hearing us discuss it, we recommend coming back to this episode after you've been able to watch the show. As of this recording, it was taken off of where we watched it, but it may be available on your platform of choice by the time you hear this. The plot of Voice revolves around two people, Kang Kwangju and Detective Mu Jin Hyuk. Kang Kwangju is an emergency dispatcher who can hear things most people can't. Detective Mu Jin Hyuk is an old school noir genre like detective who always gets the bad guys. Together, they lead the Golden Time Team, which is an elite emergency response unit that has the goal of shortening the time between first reports and emergency services resolving the reported crisis. Off the clock, they also work together to find the man who murdered Kang Kwangju's father and Mu Jin Hyuk's wife. This is a crime and thriller drama. Just a heads up if you haven't seen it yet, it can be quite graphic with injuries and violence, even when blurred. It aired from January 14th to March 12th, 2017 on OCN and was 16 episodes. This became a series and as of 2021, it has four seasons, although the cast isn't the same for all of it. It's written by Ma Jin Won and was directed by Kim Hong Sun and Kim Sung Hoon. There were quite a few notable actors in this drama, but we will limit them to the two main characters. First, Yi Hana played Kang Kwan Ju. She's reprised her role for all four seasons, in addition to acting in many other dramas. Second, Jang Hyuk played Detective Mu Jin Hyuk, and he's been in many other productions like Volcano High and You Are My Destiny. Next, we'll talk about idols that made an appearance in the show. Ye Sung of Super Junior played Oh Hyun Ho, who works as a member of the Golden Time Team Call Center. He's very tech-savvy and adorable. There's one other idol of note in this drama. Some of our listeners may be aware of this, but many years ago, Jang Hyuk was an idol who went by the name TJ. He's mainly been known as an actor, but at one time he was an idol during first gen. So now that we've gotten the basics of the show down, let's talk a little bit about what we liked. Oldar, please start us off. To me, it really stands out compared to other dramas I've seen. It's well done and there are several moments that are memorable to me. When I was watching it with JR, there were times when I had to give her a heads up before something happened. Like, the second time there was a body in a closet, it was really haunting and I had remembered that image and I kept going, It's coming, it's coming! <laughs> and the first body in the closet was disturbing enough. But this one, this one, oh. It was blurred. Yeah, yeah, it was blurred. But I don't think I, like, full-on looked at it at all during the co course of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, you were like, oh, this is horrible. I went, oh, that's not the one I remember. And you went, there's another? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just some imagery from this that really stick with me. Mm -hmm. When you do see images like that, it's not just for shock value. It's like, yeah, when crime is going on, this is what people see. Like, this is yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. They really went for realism. In some ways. <laughs> In some ways, What yes. about you? <laughs> what was something you liked? Okay, so I really like the pacing of the show. Since the entire premise is working fast and, like you said, getting things done within the shortest possible time frame, there really is, like, no major lagging in terms of plot. And in fact, for much of it, especially in the final episodes, you're on the edge of your seat as the action unfolds. So 
I find that some K-dramas, they hit like the seven, eight episode mark and it just drags. This one does not do that. So I commend it for <laughs> well-paced writing. I've seen this with a couple dramas where they'll also like shift like the tone or the narrative. Like if they mm -hmm. start off as a rom-com, they'll have that sudden shift to just corporate and then they'll come mm -hmm. back to the love line at the end. And like that whole shift of focus, this doesn't have that where you do have the primary conflict with trying to hunt down this one serial killer in addition to all this other stuff going on. And it always is like keeping you up to date with all the different yeah. plot lines. So it doesn't feel like you're sort of ignoring something and you kind of forget about it by the time they come back to it. Like it doesn't do that. So I mm -hmm. really appreciate that about them. The other drama that I feel like did this really well was Emergency Couple. Just the pacing of it and how they focused, it mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of this in that it felt like it, they did a good job of it. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was thought out, not that it's something shifted in the middle or they saw a public reaction and just took a sharp left turn, which we've seen in certain dramas. They <laughs> yes. had a vision and they saw it through to the end. So I have a lot of respect yeah. for that. And I mean, some shows can do a tonal shift well. I mentioned in the 2023 wrap-up that Crash Course and Romance, in my opinion, did that really well. But for the most part, it takes a skilled writer <laughs> to do that. And a lot of people yep. can't do it. But this one was incredibly consistent the entire way through. So, I think it also matters what was going on behind the scenes. Like, for sure. was there a producer putting like his finger on the scale kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, or again was there a major conflict with something going on with the actors or sometimes we've seen it to where they had to make a sun shift because someone had an injury this yep. wasn't that they were just like we're doing this we're going through yep i agree why don't you give us your next point then so my second point is that i really liked how much attention was paid when it came to the props and makeup even when stuff is blurred it's believable, and in the case of bodies, as we previously mentioned, the mosaic over it sometimes makes it more horrifying, because mm -hmm. sometimes you can see general shapes or colorings, and it's like, oh no. <laughs> so sometimes your mind will fill in something more horrifying, yes. which is super impressive about it. And it wasn't just details of visuals that they paid attention to. The sound design was amazing. Aside from it being important to one of the protagonists in the plot, the way that sound effects were used to convey information to the audience is very well done. And at times, we get to understand how Kwangju feels and processes information. The main character can hear sounds better than most people can, because I believe it was that when she was a child, she had an incident where she kind of lost her vision for a little bit, so she had to rely on her hearing. And then... She basically honed it as she got older, and then there's a point to where she goes and specifically studies more, and she mm -hmm. really learns how to utilize it. And there are certain cases where you see her basically figuring out, like, okay, I'm hearing this, which means it might be this, this, or this. And then she'll relay that to the detectives and say, you're looking for something like this. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a realistic superpower, which I thought was fun. Yeah. It was, there were two really good uses of it. The one that comes to mind is when she can hear a child tapping his fingers on a bar and she's trying to lead the detective through this maze of a basement to find the kid. Mm -hmm. And he's like behind a wall, right? 
it, there's in addition to like a maze of walls because it's basically like an underground tunnel system, I believe. Eventually he's like, okay, she says the sound is coming from here, but this is just a blank wall. And so then he just goes about figuring out and then he just eventually just tears it down. It mm. is incredible. And they did, again, I have to appreciate when a drama doesn't drop certain aspects like that. Because right. we've seen that to where they start off of a concept and then they drop it after a couple episodes and they never return to it. Or they do like in a lesser way, whereas this kept it up the whole time. And I think that also makes it stand out. Mm-hmm. Which you have to assume that like the response was bad or something for that to happen, which is understandable, but it also is disappointing because it's like, if that's the reason you're watching the show and they decide it doesn't work, then like the driving factor to watch it is gone then. So yeah, I agree that it was nice that it was such a focal point. I think also the difference to reception is if you were someone who's watching it weekly versus someone like us mm. who basically binges it after it's already done to where we don't have as much of a break between episodes so we can go, oh, that's mm -hmm. weird because we're able to make the connections easier. I think that also might be part of it. Yeah, I agree. My one issue, though, with her hearing abilities is that she was able to do that even over the phone at times. <laughs> and yeah. I felt like that was unrealistic. In situations where she was there in person, I was like, yeah, that's fine. But over the phone, like, come on, that's a bit much. But other than that, I liked it. But I think that's also part of the story from after like the first episode after the whole court battle is mm -hmm. that she really wanted to get into, I can hear this over tape, no one else can. Right. And she can hear, you know, through phones, which I know that that's like a whole thing. But at first it wasn't something that she could really like control. And like, mm -hmm. she, like, she knew how to use it effectively. Like, it does seem weird that she could do it over the phone, but at the same time, though, there were certain things where it's like, okay, I can see why you could do this. Mm-hmm. So what's the second thing that you liked? The acting. While I do like Jang Hyuk in lighter roles, there's a reason that he's continuously put in dramas like this. Thrillers, crime shows, you know, the like. His rage pain, intelligence, and so many more feelings and elements are just incredibly tangible, and it really makes you feel for his character. He's so good at expressing those emotions, and he's very believable in it, I think. So that definitely stood out to me. This was actually the first show I had seen him in. Like, I'd seen him mm. in movies, but this is the first show I'd seen him in. And then I jumped over to Fated to Love You, where it's basically a romantic, <laughs> yeah, more lighthearted show. Like, it did have some dark moments, but not this dark. <laughs> and so it was really hard for me to take him seriously in that, because I was so used to seeing him, you know, rugged in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And other stuff I'd seen him in. He really did a good job in this. Yeah. I feel like everyone He's got a did. range. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chang Hyuk, always incredible. I also really liked Ihana. This was my first drama of hers, and she so easily captured my attention and kept it there. She kind of is, I feel like she was quiet, even though it was a very loud environment to be in. And it made sense, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm, I'm being coherent right now. But she was just a very calm presence, even in the midst of a storm. <laughs> and I think she played that really well. 
What I really liked about how she played her character is that it reminds me a lot of actual dispatchers who they have to be calm in a crisis to get information, to Mm -hmm. relay it to other people to get help. Right. So I felt like she was perfect casting and how she acted really sold it for me. Yeah, I agree. Finally, I want to mention the main big bad, Kim Jae-wook. I have seen quite a bit of his work at this point over the past like eight years. And I have seen him in roles as a romantic lead. And I've seen him in roles as a villain. And I gotta admit, I like him more as a villain. He always hits the nail on the head. And this show definitely brought out all his best qualities. I think part of the reason he's been able to play both roles fairly well is because he's handsome. He's he's able to put a sinister look on very easily. And so I feel like maybe I've just seen too many of him as a villain. So when I do watch him in rom-coms, I'm like, that man's going to murder her. <laughs> but really, you know, I don't know. I just, I think he does villain really well. I'm glad he hasn't been typecast and has been able to branch out, but I do think he does villains quite well and he made for a very terrifying one in this show. So, yeah. Yeah, this was my first introduction to him and what really impressed me is that there are a lot of antagonists in this. You have Mm -hmm. just straight up criminals that you run into with the cases And then there's also the whole organized crime aspect. So when you get to him, who is the main big bad of this show, you have to make him somehow worse than them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he did a good job of it. Like his nonchalance as Mm -hmm. he's collecting, you know, like body parts or whatever. And also just how he goes about things that make him dangerous. And but you also understand how he goes undetected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, because he's a handsome, suave businessman. Yeah, but he was even able to scare, you know, people in organized crime. Like, he wasn't someone anyone wanted to mess with. That is true. So that's, he really, I think he really walked the line really well. I agree. Another actor who I think did a really good job is Ye Sung. (laughs) Now... (laughs) I originally gave this show a chance because I'd previously seen him in All, which I loved All, and I own, I wouldn't have watched it if it weren't for the fact that he was in it, to where <laughs> I remember when he first started getting into musicals, and it was like, well, they don't have video on YouTube, so I can't watch it. But then All came out, and I could see clips of it on YouTube, and then I eventually was able to find where the show was streaming and I watched the entire thing and I loved it. And so I was like, okay, whatever he's in next, I'm going to watch it. And then I watched this, totally loved it. So it's like, okay, he's someone who, when he picks scripts, I probably am going to like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had a movie come out, I think a year or two ago, that I said that I wanted to see and I keep forgetting to try to find it. <laughs> that it's another, it's not a rom-com kind of thing. I think it's action maybe historical i don't remember historical as in i think it was took place in 1999 oh okay so not a saga no 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 i was trying to think it it was like modern history it's based on a true story if i'm remembering it correctly that's the one that i was thinking Hmm. of Mm -hmm. but i trust him though to pick his scripts yeah with his music it's kind of hit or miss for me but with his scripts though when he's picking on something, it's generally something I'm interested in. So, mm-hmm. And 
as far as his acting goes, there's he, obviously he's not a main character. He's a supporting role. But there is one episode where he is the focal point for a good chunk of it. And it's a very intense yeah. scene. And he played it incredibly well, especially for someone who's not like a seasoned, he's a seasoned stage actor. At least at this point, he was not a seasoned screen actor. And yeah, he really held his own in that scene. It was very impressive. Yeah, there was the emergency part, but then there's also the part when he's in the interview room. And again, you see him as kind of like this goofy kind of, oh, look at me, I'm good at tech kind of guy. But then when he really gets into a situation, how he approaches it was just very impressive. And it's like, oh, he's not just the goof. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It was fun seeing him as the goof. But <laughs> when he had the moments of seriousness, it really showed him well. I think especially compared to other people, like he's not the only one who had an emergency who worked in the Golden Time team. Mm -hmm. But I feel like how he handled himself was just more impressive yeah than other people i agree but of course that's what he was given he was the person who was directly involved in it not just someone who was responding to something happening mm -hmm. all righty why don't you give us your final like and then we'll head on over to dislikes the final one that i want to mention that jr already kind of brought up earlier is that this is great with suspense for example they'll start an emergency situation in one episode and get you invested in it and then not resolve it until the mm -hmm. next one. The setups always felt like they had logical and satisfying payouts. Like the cliffhangers at the end of the episodes were generally always emergencies, not the overall plot, not the overall case of the drama, which I think was a really brilliant move because it's like, oh no, are these people going to be okay? Mm -hmm. So even if you were kind of getting tired of, oh, they're pursuing this serial killer, you would still be like, oh no, I really hope everyone on the bus is going to be okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, and man, I almost wish I had watched it as it was coming out, especially in this age of streaming. And like, Oldar had said we binged it, but at most we watched like, what, three episodes, four episodes a night. So it still was pretty spread out. But in the age of streaming, it doesn't really matter if you have a cliffhanger or not, because for the most part, you can watch the next episode right away, right? So I can just imagine that it was super fun to watch this as it was airing, because you really had to sit on those plot points for a week before they were resolved. I think, though, that even if you are trying to stream it, though, if you're like, oh, you know, I'm done for the night, I'm going to go to bed. And then you get to the end and you're like, no, I need to see how this plays out. Mm -hmm. I think that it holds up that way as well. For sure. So regardless yes. of how you watch it, it's going to have you wanting to come back or thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, that is our likes all wrapped up. Now we're going to talk about dislikes. Now, I've never worked in emergency services, which no one will be surprised about. But <laughs> some of the solutions in this feel like if... There were viewers who were actual cops, EMTs, etc. Some of this would be annoying or a bit grating because sometimes it comes off as being very fantastical and Hollywood even for a drama. Also, the amount of times that they jump into a situation without any rest for like three days in a row and magically recover from broken bones within minutes became a long-running joke between JR and I. 
yeah, they had major plot armor. It wasn't the worst I've seen in a K-drama, but it was definitely up there. Because, I mean, Zhang Hyuk is getting beaten up, and he has the same injuries on his face for the next, like, five episodes, meaning that all this is taking place in a very short amount of time, and he is not resting at all. You know, it's like those visual cues that you're like, they're they're making this man out to be made of steel or something, you know? Especially for something that tried so hard to go for realism. You're like, this guy would have collapsed from exhaustion by now. I think the one that was the most out there was when they had him chase a guy halfway across the city mm-hmm. and then be in a physical fight for hours until, like, dawn. Mm-hmm. That Ridiculous. one, I think, that one and then also the big car wreck. Yeah, yeah, because he's in a car accident, is obviously injured, and then just keeps going about his day. <laughs> and those two were, like, within the same time frame as each other. I don't remember which one came first offhand, but it's, like, this is wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let this man rest. Yeah. But I understand, though, when he was chasing the guy down, like, the guy had tried to go after his kid. Totally right. get that, and I assumed that that was pure adrenaline, but... <laughs> Even adrenaline wears off after a while. (laughs) Yeah. And at times, he definitely was just running off of rage. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that was what was keeping him going. Right. What about you, JR? Okay, my dislike is a bit of a contradiction from my first like, but I hope I can make you all understand why. Honestly, I don't mind intense shows most of the time, but this one could be a lot. So while I really liked the pacing of the show, at times it was almost too much and felt a little bit claustrophobic. And you're like, okay, we need to breathe. We need to calm down. Because <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes back to Oldar's first dislike as well. Just that so many things are happening at once. And it's like, we could have a moment to rest and he could recover himself. But I guess due to the nature of their job, that's not really an option. So that was my main dislike. Yeah. And they didn't really have a break until they more started investigating the serial killer. And then you saw them sitting down more and eating meals more. Right. Instead of them just rushing out to their cars. Like, they were still rushing out to their cars. (laughs) But at least, though, you did have some of that downtime. As especially the drama turned from more outside stuff to stuff getting closer to home in the police station that they Mm -hmm. were in. And, like, there were still, like, the outside emergencies again. But... More and more, the focus was on the police station, all the shenanigans going on there. Right. I especially liked when they called out the corruption. That was fun. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. What's your final dislike? Earlier, I mentioned about how some of the gore was censored to the point where it's like, there's a mosaic, but you could kind of get an idea. But something that I disliked about that, though, was that it was obvious that there was a lot of good makeup done on some of the victims. And at times, it felt like a waste that this work couldn't be seen because it was behind a mosaic. So it kind of reminded me of back when film was like black and white, where they would paint different colors based on like shadows that would appear better on film. And I'm just kind of curious as to how much of it was like trying to be practical or more leaning into we know that this is going to be censored, so we want these colors so that way it pops, or mm-hmm. we're going to have this shape because when it's mosaic, it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. That just fascinated me. And really, it's more of like a blur than a mosaic, I feel like. Yeah, 
Yeah. At, it depends on which thing, though. Because sometimes right. it was... Right. There were, like, levels of censorship in the show. So sometimes you could see it pretty well. And other times you're like, ah, this must be really bad. <laughs> and obviously you can only so show much on public airwaves unless you're a channel like HBO or something. But it does kind of make you question why they didn't find a more free environment to do it in. Obviously, like streaming services weren't super prevalent in 2015, at least for K-dramas. So that couldn't really have worked. But there is a difference between like certain channels on Korean television and what they can show. So maybe OCN is the only one that wanted to pick this up. Maybe that was the case. But yeah, like you said, it was the kind other of a shame were fools. That, yeah, it was kind of a shame that so much of that work was hidden. Alrighty, that is all our likes and dislikes wrapped up. Next, we're going to talk about OSTs. So there were three songs for this OST. There's Word Up by Kim Yong-un, and I'm going to be honest here, I do not recall this being in the drama, but it's listed as being part of the soundtrack, so it's there. <laughs> and the second song, which absolutely was in the drama and really stuck with me, was Voice by Kim Yuna. It was usually played during major tragedies. It's my favorite of the OST just because it really captured the feeling of just how pitiful some of these situations of people were. Mm -hmm. The third and final song is Ne Kuiyun Yoro by Changmo. This song was used during scenes involving action or realizations. It mostly appeared at the end around the credits. So like when there was a cliffhanger, you would hear this song. Mm -hmm. I think that the music was really well done in the show. And we were actually just talking about this before we started recording, how it has a shorter OST lineup than a lot of K-dramas tend to have. So I think that the songs that they did choose were quite impactful and it worked out really well. Yeah. And I think also there's a music video for Kim Yuna's song, Voice. Mm -hmm. Probably. And I believe that she might appear during the episode with Ye Song, where he was, uh, his situation came up. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool to have like the singer coming. A bit weird though, because like there are a couple people on the cast that are singers who didn't <laughs> appear on it, but that's not new as we know. Right. There's a lot of idols who don't sing for it. It's just nice when they do. I agree. <laughs> you know, like, there's some idols who go into acting and it's like, vocals weren't that great, so I get it. But there's some, like, Ye Sung, who's, like, known for his good vocals, who I'm like, mm -hmm. it's like, and the man can do this? sorrow very well. <laughs> I, I think that it'd be cool if he did, like, a song that echoed voice. Mm-hmm. But Kimuna, like, it was used, like, in other situations. I think that would have been really cool. I agree. The man's got the range. To wrap up, something that Korea tends to do really well is thrillers, and voice definitely falls into that category. While you probably need to be in a certain mood to watch this show, it's well-written, fast-paced, and unlikely to disappoint. So we hope you check it out. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about us, and review us on Podchaser. 
If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbays or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. More single scoops are coming your way soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Annyeong.